1: You damn right. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody's having a good June 12th. We got a packed-in evening, especially if you like your college baseball and you root for certain teams. If you root for the Texas Longhorns, good news, then bad news. Win game one, lose game two. So we got to deal with a game three tonight. And it's game five tonight at the NBA Finals level. So if you are like my co-host and you love the NBA and you love your Longhorns, You are going to need to switch back and forth. We'll get into all of it. There's some NFL stuff to get into today as well. Plus, in the crap bag at 1245, I'll talk to you about two GOAT candidates that I saw over the weekend just showing off. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up,
2: Zay? One game, baby. One game. You go to Omaha, play the juggernaut Wake Forest team, that put up Emmett Smith on Alabama, <laughs> like, what, 22? Come on. I get it. We're in the postseason, and there's no, like, run rule, but good grief, Chad. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. How you doing?
1: I have se- I'm have. i doing well, and I've said before, I think there needs to be a run rule at pretty much every level of baseball except the maybe the championship series in Omaha or the World Series, But when you're putting a 22 to 5 on somebody, (laughs) y'all might need to just go home. So, Wake Forest, forever, and and we'll say congratulations to everybody that's in Omaha so far. Obviously, Texas is trying to get in. There's a couple other teams trying in another super regional. But, Zay, none of it might matter. The rest of this might be deck chairs on the Titanic. Rearrange them however you want, boys. She is still going down because Wake Forest is that good. They put 22 runs on Alabama and as an announcer pointed out that I was watching this weekend, they also lead the lead the country in team ERA. So they can pitch you to death and and then they have bats. They hit 9 home runs in that game.
2: Yeah, stupid. Nine. Uh, like I mean, that's some serious demon stuff. Call them the Demon Deacons. Yes. That's some serious demon stuff. Poor Alabama with their cheating cells with their coaching stuff. Oh. I'll be not bet on that game. Did you
1: did you see that stat? They've been out they've been knocked out like is it 5 of the last 7 years or mm. f- 6 of the last 7 at this moment mm. in this round?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of like that. Yeah, you think the old skipper bet on this one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure going, I mean, going, they going, hey going, they were definitely the underdog, yeah they so. got, they
1: got to double check him. they're going to have to double check him, so uh yeah there's there was a lot of a lot of craziness in the super regionals. I love the way the baseball tournament lays out. It's so incredibly like it's so incredibly fair and interesting and entertaining. uh, did you see the home run that the Tennessee guy hit? I did not. Holy hell. That Burke cat for Tennessee, he hit one 459. And it looked across from the wall was like a parking lot and then a church or some kind of rec center was over there. They damn near hit that other building. Man. They registered it at 459. Some serious bats, man, this time of the year. Dude, just incredible stuff. So Texas still alive. Getting ready to take on Stanford for game three. If you're just tuning in and you hadn't heard, it is because it was late last night that Texas ends up losing the game 8 3. So, It's been set as a 7 o'clock game. We figured it'd be an evening affair, and it is. 7 o'clock, so 6.45 pregame, right here on the horn, and it'll be all across all the frequencies. So for you Ranger fans, unfortunately, no Rangers on 1260 and 1019 tonight. It'll be just Texas baseball. That also means the soccer show, Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis. That's going to have to move to tomorrow night at 7. So we'll just slide that show down one day. Texas wins the first game. Uh, 7-5 to in comeback fashion. Let's start with the good news. What a comeback Texas had in that Game 1, Zay, and a good lesson for all young batters. If they can't throw a strike, you may just want to take a base.
2: Yeah, just stay patient. That's all they did in that ninth inning. When you're down by three runs, you would think a team – would get tense, especially a team this young, and they didn't do that. Eric Kennedy walks, Flores gets a hit on the 3-2 count, Odell walks on the 3-2 count, then Mitchell Daly, bam, brings in two, and then we see Porter Brown probably the clutchest hit of the season, Mm -hmm. and you go up 7-5, and that's that's the scariest thing, Chad, the fact that in this game of baseball where just – the psychological effect is and like superstitions is everything just is so important, especially this time of the year. The fact that Stanford was able to take that haymaker and that deflating blow that they did on Saturday regroup and a lot had to do with Matthews, the lefty, like 156 pitches. That's stupid. That's just absolutely absurd and regroup and beat the horns the way they did. That that's what scares me for tonight because that shows some serious mental toughness. Yeah, like a lot of the like I would have been shot. I've been like, yo, we had this game we're, we're about you know we're about to go back to the crib, back to the dorm, and chill. Can't wait for tomorrow, and then we'll get our tickets to Omaha because we were three outs away, and all of a sudden Texas, unbelievable, just composure from David Pierce's crew, but. Those boys... I didn't think they had a chance. Like, I thought we were going to come in today and say, all right, wake, here we go. It's going to be a tough test, but yeah. this is what we want, Like the trip to Omaha. And that team, what the Cardinal did yesterday, very impressive and makes me very worried for tonight.
1: Especially with LeBaron Johnson on the Hill. If you're a Texas fan, I know you had to feel good about it, the way he had looked, um, you know, in, in the last few starts. He's only able to go four and a third and gave up those four earned runs. I agree with you. The bounce back was incredible. To taunt the baseball guy. Odds like they did, because that play in the outfield is what turned that first game. That goofy little easy play oh, in the outfield,
2: chocolate brother, come on, dog, all you're the only chocolate brother in Palo Alto. All
1: that was need, all that was going to be was a you know run was going to score, but you were going to get it out. Once that happened. Then the baseball god started to turn, and it's like, okay, now Texas put some stuff together. But you're right to bounce back yesterday, and then just to get an old school, "Give me the ball, don't even think about taking me out" kind of a performance. Quinn Matthews, uh, last time he was ever going to pitch on that field, last time he was ever going to be on that mound, and once it went now five three is an interesting discussion. Five three, they really were going to have to figure it out. But once it's eight to three that is when there's nothing else to do but hand him that baseball, and then you tell your pitching coach, any trouble at all, any serious trouble here, two runners get on, we can't go any further. You realize that, right? And maybe you even let him know, hey, I'm going to give you one one guy can get on base anything other than that i'm coming to get you you understand that but to for for his side of it i can't imagine how special that was for that kid go 156 finish it out throw
2: throw his finger up in the air Yo, that was incredible when he gave up those runs and went to the dugout he lost it did you see him throwing his glove yep. against the you know what what was that the locker i don't know where what that was yeah. it was the hanger and stuff he was losing it and at that moment i was like yes he is like, he's Yeah, rattled. you thought you had him, I was like, right? we got him. We're in his yep. head. He is rattled. Like, this is it. This is it. We're about to come back. Just that magic that you saw on Core Gables with that crazy nine-run in uh, nine run inning and then what you saw on Saturday night what they did in the night. you thought, okay, this is it. And he just came back tougher and just like, you know what? I have a problem with Chad. Hmm. It's interesting because you see this in the show on different channels. Why isn't there a strike box out? Why, like, why can't we see the strike zone box in the college game? Like, can we not afford that? It's kind of like. Yeah, maybe the I,
1: technology, I, they just can't get it into all those games. But I don't it's,
2: know. it's just kind of like not having a first down marker uh, or watching. You're so used football. to it, aren't you? You're so used
1: to it. Well, and now that we're, uh, I would argue to this level, too. If you're asking me in a non-conference series with, you know, New Hampshire or something, I could tell you why it's not there. But this is the super regional round. Yeah. So, especially once you get to Omaha, I would expect it to be there. But that's a great question. I hadn't even thought of that. Yo,
2: there was some stuff that I thought, like, LBJ. I was like, oh, that's a strike. Wait, what? What,
1: Blue? That Uh. that umpire has been dogged on today. That umpire's name has been called – that umpire's name got said on the Blitz today. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, apparently, he's that known. <laughs> Somebody called up. It was Digger, I think. Digger Dang, called the Digger.
2: Blitz and called that man's name out. Yo, man, he he was on the fence on a lot of stuff. And... Again, shout out to Matthews. Those just—he was throwing strikes on the first pitch a lot of the time. The breaking stuff, the sliders, and just everything he did—all that that off-speed stuff was incredible. Oh, there was one time I don't remember who was batting, but they almost went Mo Vaughn and like twisted their ankle (laughs) because that change-up, off-speed pitch was so
1: nasty. Because he's a lefty, what do they call? They call him what? The back foot slider—that one that just dies—and if I'm a right-handed batter, it literally feels like it's going to hit me in the
2: foot. Right, and sometimes it does and I still swing. Man, they're, that's a, they're a tough team. And again, like I'm nervous for tonight. I can't wait to talk to Joe Cook later to get his input on this game. But, man, like I like some of those players over there on the Stanford side. Like that freshman that they got more. That's a tough dude. No, that's Bad lefty, I, like. He has a really cool stance, and it's hard to get that dude out. I'm like, yo, this dude's a freshman out of the Sacramento area. Like, he's tough. They got a lot of just tough guys, and you could see why they're hosting the super regional.
1: Yeah, and the thing I like about them, we talked about the difference in what Texas was able to do at the regional round and what the Aggies failed to do. It kind of boiled down to the opponent in a lot of ways. Miami gave a punch. Then Texas punched back and the Hurricanes didn't have an answer. Stanford was opposite. Stanford took they delivered. Then AM punched back and Stanford had their answer. And then you bring it up. This that second game being a massive answer when they could have gone away. They could have shied away. They didn't. So I'm I thought if you don't care who wins this series, these two games have been fascinating to watch. The back and forth. Both teams can take some and then bring it back. So tonight. The good news for you, Zay, and all the Longhorn fans, they're probably going Johnny Allstaff, too. And that guy can't throw anymore. He joked last night about maybe I can give him three outs. All right, calm down, 156. <laughs> you go ice that arm and, and pray you can ever throw again. But tonight it is going to be, this may be a game where it'll take eight to win it. Might Oof. take, you know, it may be one of those type of games. Lots of bats, lots of moments, back and forth, who can deal with it. Who can, who can run the other team down multiple times? And can Texas do it on their field? Because they're going to probably – Texas was a home team last night, so it's a true home game for Stanford tonight. They'll be the home team.
2: And can Texas do it on their field? Yeah, and a lot of eyes are going to be on David Pierce tonight and his decision-making and just, you know, because when Travis Steele came in yesterday, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Steele, I, I, it, that was tough. That was tough. And, it, it, you know, you've got to take advantage of every matchup at this point because there's no holding back. You see that they didn't hold back last night when Matthew's 156. So, yeah, th- there's no holding back. I don't feel good about it. I like that we have a chance. to one game, you go to Omaha. That's how I'm looking at it. That's, that's the most positive way I can look at right. it. Other than that, I. That that last night's game that was tough. And then the rather sprinkler thing. Yo, Stanford, get it together. Like, what was that? Yeah, you that see? was weird. That was weird. The crash,
1: Davis, in the middle of the game. Sprinklers fire. Come up, on like,
2: now. Whoa, whoa. Come on now. That's a little fishy. I don't like y'all. I, I don't like fishy during this time of the year. Y'all already hosting. Like, yeah. come on now. It's like, uh, fellas, a lot of people get confused
1: about California time zone versus their time zone. Y'all live here. Stop it. Get it right. That's terrible.
2: It gave me a lot of 2014 San Antonio Spurs, no AC at the (laughs) (laughs) AT&T Center
1: vibes. That's what it gave me. Uh, remember, if you the uh, you want to jump in today, Specs text line 337-3776 as we're getting ready for this Game 3. Texas and Stanford tonight. This says David Pierce still hasn't learned when to pull his pitcher. Also, the first two umpires had no strike zone. Inconsistent. I don't mind a bad strike zone, but at least have a strike zone. Someone else texted, can't trust the bullpen at this point for Game 3. Someone else texted, uh, texted Texas loses tonight, no Omaha, and they lose well, the Director's Cup.
2: Well, a lot of Stanford People would argue that Saturday game, the blue was tripping in Texas's favor. You heard a lot of those Stanford people complaining when Texas was being really patient. And when you put up five innings and only get one hit, as a fan, I'd be a little salty too. So coming into the next game, if you're Texas you got to you kind of feel like you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt due to the previous night.
1: And uh, yeah, cuz that sequence was what four walks, a hit batter and a hit. Yeah. to get some of those runs going. And tonight and that you know human nature takes over, the reason you want to be at home, especially in baseball. A lot of reasons, but human nature will take over. Because everything that crowd thinks is a strike, it works on the umpire's mind. Everything they think is a ball works on the umpire's mind. They're the ones yelling a little bit more, even though there'll be a Texas fan base there. So we'll see how that affects them. And then, this really is a, a wild game to watch. Does Stanford have anybody that can compete with Tanner Witt if he's on? If Tanner Witt is Tanner Witt, does Stanford have anything that's that good? Can Tanner Witt give them, is it three? Would they beg for four? If he's on, how long do you leave him? Because they've been—he's been going around two to three innings, sixty right. pitches or whatever it's been. If Tanner Witt starts well, I wonder how long David Pierce stays with him.
2: Yeah, and you know his stamina is a big deal. That lineup, seeing him for a second time, that's a big deal. And, you know, catching up on his pitches and what he wants to get done to be productive. And I think that's – when you've seen him struggle this year, I think that's a big issue. Just like, okay – where he's getting a little tired because he's still not what he was the previous year, and the fact that these guys are seeing him once again and starting to catch up on mm-hmm. his pitches and again just what he likes to do at the mound. I yeah, I, I get a, big, a lot of eyes going to be on Coach Pierce tonight and yeah, just his no decision doubt. making. And this is a very nervous game.
1: Seven o'clock tonight, six forty-five pregame. Texas going for two kinds of history if they go to Omaha. Obviously, they just keep extending that all-time record. It'd be their 39th trip to Omaha, but it would be the first time they've ever done it with a regional and super regional on the road because normally they're Texas baseball and they're getting to host one or both of those. So that would be history tonight as well. We'll definitely be following that one. We'll be previewing that one. We will also talk some NBA finals. The game on Friday night went Denver's way again. So Denver sweeps the two games in Miami. Zay, they won game four 108-95. It was another no-doubter. It's 3-1. They're back home in Denver tonight. Is it time to close this door? Are we going to see Joker and Murray do a little Shaq and Kobe tonight in one and win in five?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, if you're Miami, you just got to tip your hat. They're the better team. You've thrown everything that you could at them. You're exhausted from for just getting here. Being in Game 7 with the Boston Celtics, taking out Giannis and Jalen Brunson, New York Knicks and Milwaukee Bucks, and being the eighth seed, it's taken a lot of energy just to get to this point. And those guys, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough skill. They don't have enough size. And the Nuggets are just wearing them down every which way. Every single time that Miami thinks they have an answer, the Nuggets strike right back. And they're lucky they won Game 2. (laughs) They they really are. I'm Mm -hmm. still, you know, think of Highsmith's game and just timely buckets from Jimmy Butler and how bad Contavious Carwell Pope and Michael Porter Jr. and the rest of the guys were. And you look at now, they're lucky because Jamal Murray only had 15 points and he had a huge 12 assists, but you still end up losing by 13 because Bruce Brown is giving you twenty one, oh, here he comes again, and Aaron Gordon is giving you twenty seven. That like I told you on Friday. In order for the Miami Heat to even have a chance, is to let the other guys eat, and that's exactly what they did. You you tried to stop Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and make sure the see if the role players could beat you, and they they do that. Yeah, two key moments of the game, which Miami's right there in the fourth quarter. It's a five-point game, 86-81. Jamal Murray comes off a dribble handoff three, knocks it down, deflated. You come back, get it within six, 91-85. Jamal Murray driving in the lane, gets doubled, great job, stick to the game plan, don't let him shoot, don't let him go off. Throws it to Jeff freaking Green in the corner. Mm. Jeff Green, Chad. Yep. We're not worried about him. He's old. He like this is pro- Jeff Green's probably gonna retire after this. Like, what's the point? Like, he came in, he got drafted by the Supersonics. That's how old Jeff Green is.
1: He played. He played 16 minutes in that game.
2: That was that might be one of the biggest threes in Nuggets history because you feel like you're you're right there. You if you're Miami, you're right there. We're cutting back into the lead. We're still not playing very well. Bam mm-hmm. and Jimmy, they're exhausted. Our role players, like we got Duck and Robinson, having to drive. That's how desperate we are. He's putting the ball on the deck because we can't find buckets any other way. And that's what the Nuggets want. They're like, oh, yeah, Duncan Robinson, go ahead, have that layup. Because if you're shooting out those layups – then we're taking y'all completely out of y'all's game. Yeah,
1: Duncan Robinson as Steve Nash is what they want. That's brutal. Yeah,
2: That's brutal for Miami. And when Jeff Green hit that three to make it 94-85, even though it's nine points, just oh. daggers after daggers. And then Huge. Bruce Brown just takes over in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He hits that floater and one. He has that huge three when Nikola Jokic is out the game, which that's just a great shot by Jokic where he's, tr- he's just smacking the towel on the ground because he's hyped for his yeah. teammates. What a great leader. The Joker, man, one play that I probably had to replay about six or seven times because it was just a thing of beauty. He has the ball. He's posting up, and he doesn't know Aaron Gordon's behind him but he's posting up, or he, he does. He actually definitely does, but he's not looking at him. Right. He's looking at the ball. He definitely knows Aaron Gore. Excuse me, Joker, I'm I'm knocking your intelligence. You're probably one of the most intelligent players to ever play the game. My apologies. He definitely knows Aaron is behind. He's posting up. They throw him the ball. He catches it, does a quick spin before – He's even turned around completely. The ball's up for a lob, Aaron Gordon for a dunk.
0: That was such I, a great play. It was just Pay like, dollars. yo, man, this dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: it's just a thing. Of, it's beautiful basketball. This Mike Malone's done a terrific job. You I forget that Aaron Gordon just like Michael Porter Jr. He was one of the top players in the nation coming out of high school, coming out of the cool. Bay Area and going to Arizona. It's just he was at Orlando and he got picked so high the expectations didn't fit where he got drafted. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes these guys don't pan out as a superstar. But Aaron Gordon has made himself as one of the best two way players in the league with his defense from series to series. He's guarded the best players, and, you know, Carl Anthony Towns completely took Carl Anthony Towns out of that series. Guarded Kevin Durant, and he didn't necessarily stop him, but he made life tough for KD more than a lot of other guys would have. Guarded LeBron, made life hard for him, and then now you see what he's doing on Jimmy Butler, and he's giving you 27 points. Pick your poison. Like, there's there's nothing to focus on because they have so many ways to win. Hell, Christian Brown won them a game. So if you're Eric Spoelstra, all you could do is tip your hat. Tonight, you're banking on the Denver Nuggets – being nervous because they know what's at stake and they know their home so that might be a little pressure on them like okay we have to win this so they might be pressing and doing doing some things that are you know uncharacteristic just because you know they've never been here before and everybody's going to be very excited and they're going to feel that from the crowd and maybe Miami could take advantage of that but once they start settling down their leader Nikola Jokic he never gets rattled he never gets tense and they're just going to get back to what they do and that's just dominating the game offensively and don't sleep on Joker's defense three steals three blocks Come on now. Mm-hmm. We talk about you know him being unathletic and stuff, and when we think about big men, we think about big-time shot blockers and just crazy impact defensively. He's making an impact. It's just he's not having those Kembe Mutombo-like blocks in the stands and stuff, but he's getting steals. He's in the right place at the right time. Like He's the best player in the National Basketball Association, and it's been fun to watch this team through this run.
1: If you're watching tonight and you love college baseball and you love the NBA, 5 o'clock for that first baseball game. Then Texas and Stanford is 7, and the NBA Finals game is 7.30 on ABC. We'll be talking about all of it today. Up next, we'll also talk a little football as we close in on the NFL season. What one star in the Cowboys division said about his worth and the worth of of that position group, maybe something to pay attention to. We'll play you that sound next. 105, it's Joe Cook of Inside Texas talking about more on Texas baseball and does he think they're winning this big game and coming up in the crab bag at 1245. I'll tell you about two goats, or at least goat candidates, that I watched this weekend. They were both pretty badass. This is The Horn.
2: Chad and Zay. You me
0: something.
2: i never Hmm. What's the song called? Don't Let the Flame Burn Out. But
1: wow. You say uh, there's a couple voices it reminds me of, but. It's not dead on either one of them. I don't know. Who is it?
2: Jackie DeShannon. Whoa, I was not coming up with that one. Jackie DeShannon. Okay. She's cute. Yeah. Looking at this cover, she had a girl next door vibe. 70s.
1: There you go. Jackie DeShannon definitely has a 70s vibe to it. Yeah. I don't know how many people are on stage, but there's a lot of polyester on that stage. Lots of it. Jackie DeShannon to get us started today. We hope you're having a good one. Text rolling in uh, about the Nuggets trying to close it out tonight and the Longhorns trying to stay alive tonight and head to the College World Series. If you missed it over the weekend, Zay mentioned that Wake Forest team. They are the number one national seed, and they're acting like it. 22 runs uh, against Bama to get them through to Omaha also on that side of the bracket LSU is through to Omaha once again then on the opposite side we got all four teams in Florida Virginia congrats to TCU who got through and how about Oral Roberts they go out to Oregon and win one of the wackiest super regionals anyone has ever seen Oregon walked them off in night one and came all the way back from like eight runs down They took that punch, Zay, in Eugene, turned back around. I think they got down in Game 2. They came back and walked Oregon off in Game 2 and then survived Game 3, and they're going to Omaha.
2: Very impressive. Shout out to Oral Roberts.
1: Third. Let's see if I got this right. They are only the third team that was the four seed in a region to ever make it to Omaha. Only three of them, ever. Wow. Just incredible stuff. It's about getting hot at the right time. It really is. Uh, And this afternoon, if you want to get comfy when you get home from work, how about Southern Miss and Tennessee at 5, Texas and Stanford at 7. They're both listed as – actually, I'm sorry. I thought Texas was ESPN 2. So it's ESPN 2 for the Southern Miss – Uh, Tennessee game, Texas is ESPN, so big ESPN for Texas, so just have those two channels ready to roll, then switch over to ABC, the uh, Mickey Mouse networks are in control tonight. ESPN, The Deuce, and ABC. So, Texas and Stanford tonight at 7.
2: By the way, Chad, somebody on the Specs text line said, I always have to throw a Spurs shot out there. I apologize, Spurs fans. It was just a little sketchy. Game 1 of 2014 NBA Finals. Here we go. The air conditioning did not work. And it's even sketchier that the only person that it affected is LeBron James. That's really odd to me, but... I will say this, that 2014 Spurs team, one of the greatest basketball teams of all time. One of my favorite teams ever to watch from Boris Diao, Patty Bills, obviously, Timmy Manu, Tony, Kawhi Leonard, MVP, one of the greatest teams ever. So if y'all feel like I hail the Spurs a little much, some very deserving, but I will try to tone it down because they deserve to be praised. The Spurs are a historic franchise, but y'all probably want to like to hear this. Victor Wimbenyama struggling in the European playoffs. Just, oh, like, just throwing that, out, there's there. Just no throw that need. out there. Absolutely there's struggling. just no need yeah, for that. Yeah. Oh the, um, coming up number one pick in game one of the French League finals, eight points, seven rebounds, two assists.
1: Did he lose? I don't know. Okay.
2: I, I do not know. But he's only scored 20 points in two times in the entirety of the French League playoffs. So – Hey, take that with what what y'all want. I don't know. The NBA is a different game. I'll let you know. The
1: NBA is very different. I think it's a really interesting point to bring up, Spurs fans. If you are listening, I would tell you and the nine teams, sorry, eight teams after you, you can't draft that guy. I mean, he is – that's too big of a chance. I'm hearing he's partying all night long. I think the first nine teams really need to just take a breath, and then whoever's at that 10th spot, I'm not even sure who it is, that team probably, they could, they could pick Victor.
2: Just be careful with the Frenchy guys. Just be careful. you got to be real careful. Because as good as Tony Parker was, ask Brent Barry if Tony Parker's a good guy.
1: See, exactly. You don't want that in your locker room. You don't room. need that. You don't need that. The, the city of San Antonio doesn't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. Now, there are some cities in Texas that could deal with some of that mess, <laughs> like Big D.
2: Come on, Victor. Come on, baby. There's never been any problems in Dallas. No,
1: no. None they, of the pro
2: teams have ever had problems with athletes. They
1: expect that in Dallas. It's part <laughs> of the requirements in Dallas. All right, if you want to throw something in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Uh, lots of folks trying to chime in. Somebody's uh, trying to get if uh, – oh, 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 somebody's was – I thought somebody was asking me if Denver was playing at 9 o'clock tonight. They're saying, do you take Denver minus 9 tonight? Wow, that's one I don't know if I'd mess with. Close out game like this, Jimmy Butler and Miami will fight like hell. I think Denver closes it. I'm not sure if
2: it's you know ten or more. They gotta be nervous, right? Like they they have to be, knowing that it's at home. They have to. Like be, it's a di- it's a different type this. of yes. It's yeah. a different type of feel when you're at home and you can win it all because and you know that like you know that all oh man. If right. we win tonight. It's going down. The
1: trophies in the building. The yeah. protocols are going to be put in place for them to put the police tape up. Everybody and and to they celebrate. Mama's
2: family's there. Like you're getting calls. Extra from tickets. Yep. Cousin Avery that you haven't oh, heard in Cousin years. Cousin Avery. Yo, fam. Yo, y'all got y'all plan tonight. I Gotta be there. I gotta be there. How can you not have me there, fam? We gonna live it up. I'm bringing bottles. I'll bring my own champagne if I have to. Damn it.
1: Who was rebounding for you when you were eight years old? <laughs> that was me. That was me. When your dad had to work and your mom had to work, who was it?
2: I'm saying, your phone getting blown up when you're trying to stop Jimmy Butler. Are you worried about Cousin Avery? And you know what I'm saying? Some of these guys, they could be like Zion. You could be worried about something else. Oh, jeez. Multiple something else.
1: Multiple. You know? Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on tonight. NBA Finals and the college baseball rolling. We got two spots left. In Omaha, the Texas Stanford winner and the Southern Miss Tennessee winner. Again, they will be in the same side of the bracket in Omaha. If they get there, whoever gets there as Wake and LSU. Good grief. All right, let's go uh, into some NFL stuff here. Zay, in the Cowboys division, you know, OTAs going on and mini camps and things like that. Saquon Barkley made news over the weekend because a reporter decided to ask him about his worth, his status, because he's going to be a franchise tag guy this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So they asked him about the whole running back situation, and Saquon Barkley got the NFL world talking. We have the
0: sound for the folks? We got it. All right, here's Saquon. But what I will say about the running back market and the value of it, um, what do you think is going to happen? You know they tagged the top three guys we didn't get a chance to hit the open market so when we don't get a chance to hit the open market it hurts a guy like miles it hurts all those other guys um, they put the cap at 10 and then when they have the tag they have all the leverage and that's the reality of it but there is a bit there is a personal side of it too um, there's a human side of it too and going off back to the question with Kim said how I felt like that their dimension what I've done since 2018 I'm not saying that but Everyone will talk about the running back market and this and that and the third. Every team is different. Like, everyone, there's a, there's a thing that goes up, and I think you mentioned it before, about, oh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl and how many rushing yards, the top rusher, but every team is not, like, every team, Pat Mahomes is a two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, and, like, this is, not everybody have Pat Mahomes, and this is no not to Daniel Jones, so don't even try to flip like that. And then you look at the Eagles who play, Jalen Hurts, a great quarterback, that team is amazing, but every team is not the Eagles. Every team don't have that much talent. And when you come to my situation, come to me personally, I feel like that I helped our team a lot. I feel like not only on the field, but off the field. I feel like as a leader, um, I feel like obviously there's conversation of my numbers going down. I think there's a whole lot of other stuff that happened to play as the NFL. You know? We were a one-dimensional team in the beginning of the season. Um, we're running the ball. Uh, we have a great coach. Uh, we played Detroit Lions. They came in. Bust that ass, stop me. Uh, we, had to, we had to switch it up. And we have a great coach with Dave and with calf. We had a whole new game plan. We came out and found a way to get the job done and make it to the playoffs. But going to the running back market, when you talk about the running back, no, I don't agree with that. I think that it's not fair because I don't think Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans is a great team, but Derrick Henry's one of those guys on those teams. St. Fran's a great team, but Christian McCaffrey's one of those guys on the team. Josh Jacobs, Delisco, on and on. And I think when you talk about the New York Giants – um, you know, I think even Pierce came on and said it. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect in this league, and I think that's how I should be. viewed. Zay, other than the
1: phrase bust that ass, that's one of the most professional answers I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, that was so well done. To stop the Daniel Jones thing before it would have started, yeah. to hit the Jalen Hurts compliment and give him the full team compliment where he wasn't ripping Hurts, but he was trying to lay out his argument there. Uh, that's that is fascinating, and he brings up the great point at the beginning about how do we supposed to know what the market is if our three of our big dogs got
2: tagged? Right, we have no idea. Yeah, and this is what. You, know, you think of somebody like Bijan John Robinson that just got selected eight by the Atlanta Falcons. Anybody that argues that that was a bad pick, I can't argue that just because of what how they value running backs in the NFL. And, yeah, if I'm Saquon, I'm salty about it because – He made sense. There's some guys that are Patrick Mahomes in the world that make life easier. There's some guys like him that makes life easier for Daniel Jones, even though he nipped it in the butt. He did basically say that, like, hey, I know my value. Every team's different. He made that very clear. Yeah, and and we
1: all know Mahomes is better than Jones, and so does Jones. Right. Deep down.
2: Right. So there's and then he said Derek Henry, which is a great point. How many great years has Ryan Tannehill had because the guy behind him it was the best? is the best running back of the last decade. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yet he's still getting hosed in a way because the value is just so bad. And it's tough. It's really tough. If you're a running back trying to to be in the NFL and you're the best player on the team, you're probably not going to get what you deserve. And – That's just where we are. Like, it completely flipped since the 90s where Barry Sanders and Emmitt and the Terrell Davises of the world, and, like, you knew that everything was going to go through your bell cow running back, and now that's not the case. And guys like Derrick Henry and what we're seeing with Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, you're going to continue to see that. Zay,
1: I – Sometimes I'll side with the team and sometimes I'll side with the players. In this case, I think this is one where he needs to stand firm and uh, he needs to sit out. He needs to not play until he gets exactly <laughs> what he wants. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, I, I am not saying this as a Cowboys fan. Oh, that is completely yeah. unrelated to right, this situation. Right. I just think Saquon Barkley needs to really stand firm on this one. <laughs> Demand $20 million a year, Saquon. And if they don't pay you,
2: you just sit. Well, like he talks about <laughs> – <laughs> man, there's Homer coming out, really. Oh, how dare really you? He's no, really coming no. out there. I, no, I, I no. you. Not at I all. you, yo. It's been a long time since y'all held up that Vince Lombardi oh, trophy. Oh, yes, so. it, hey, has. I, yes I it, it has. I get it. Anything that it takes. anything That's right. You know me. Anything that it takes. Obviously, you know, Saquon Barkley, we just heard him. Like, he's a really good person, and he's done a lot for that franchise, and – The years that he's been there, but he also tore his ACL. He's also lost a little step, which it's a bigger step for probably 85% of running backs in the league, maybe 90. He's probably a top four running back. So when he got back from that ACL injury, he still looked great, especially this past season. But man, there's so many things going against him.
1: Yep. Twenty and, twenty-six, by the way. You got One more year till he gets to that magic, unmagic yeah, year for like, running back.
2: And when that even become a thing. Like it's just obviously they have stats on it, but twenty-seven?
1: I can tell you a guy that I think of, when you say when did it become a thing? I remember during LaDainian and Tomlinson's run, people that's when I first started hearing about it. When they would start to really tell you about the science of, yeah, once these running backs hit twenty-seven. That's the crest of the hill, and they're going back down.
2: But Jets' LT was still a dog. He wasn't San Diego, but he was still a dog. Like, probably top five still.
1: And he's one of those guys, I think, that even on what was supposed to be the back end, that's why he ends up with one of those gold jackets because yeah. he's ladanian Tomlinson. I just remember his name being thrown out there. That was that era to me, that 2000s sort of era when they started talking about it like, oh,
2: 27's a big deal. You know who makes it look really bad, especially as of late? Todd Gurley. Out the Mm, league. Yeah. Todd Gurley is out the league. It seemed like just yesterday he was in Athens. Yeah. Just yesterday he was a part of that big time like I wanna say he was with Nick Chubb.
1: That's one of the biggest injuries in the last what, ten years or so? Was it right is it was it the Super Bowl run for them? I don't remember the year before that, whatever that year was, man, when Gurley had that injury problem, that was terrible.
2: Yeah, because he was one of the top dogs. And then you thought, okay, he's going to get a breath of fresh air in Atlanta, and now he's not even in the league no more. So, yeah, it it scares you for somebody like Bijan Robinson that gets compared to Saquon Barkley. And at the end of the day, like Bijan, you know he's going to be good. Like, he he'll, he's going to go about it like, yo, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> like, when that time comes, obviously he's going to have a ton of endorsements that he's going to be good on. You know he's going to save his money, so he's not going to be worried about that. So, mm-hmm. Bijan, he, he's a different cat. Yep. But still, just with how running backs are valued and what we're hearing from Saquon – you kind of feel for him entering his first year as a rookie.
1: Yep, and Saquon and Bijan are both going to be similar in that they were drafted at a high spot. But that may not end up mattering. Saquon's trying to figure that part out right now, too. I'm sure. Uh, NFL season, by the way, 87 days till the first game, and 90 nice even number for you. 90 days till NFL's first Sunday. There's some thoughts from the Cowboys division coming up. Joe Cook from inside Texas with his thoughts on Texas baseball. Can they close it out? How long does he think Tanner Witt will go? One of our listeners texted three innings for Tanner Witt. That's kind of been where he where the average has been. Would it go any further than that? If Looking good tonight. We'll get Joe's thoughts on that. Up next in the crab bag, two GOAT candidates showing off this weekend and an example of acceptable sexism that nobody talks about in sports on the horn.
2: Chad and say. Yeah. Well I've
1: been having a little trouble all, but I'm keeping it
2: together. Yeah. My baby just walked out the door. She said this time forever.
1: Huh. Another one I'm not super familiar with, but I'ma try to make an educated guess. Bad company?
2: Man! Yeah? Impressive. What's the song called? Gone, gone,
1: gone. Come on now. I'm I'm a, there you go. I guess that's Paul Rogers. I got to see Paul Rogers with Bad Company opening for ZZ Top. That dude's voice is awesome. I love the guys, the men and women that can keep those big voices years and years and years. It amazes me. Yeah. You can keep it. I assume you're going to lose something. And his is still incredible, man. That's how
2: you figured out Bad Company? It
1: sounded a little bit like his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Not familiar with the song. It just sounded a little bit like like Paul. Jackie DeShannon and Bad Company getting us started today. By the way, speaking of music from back in the day, Zay's going to check out Revolver by the Beatles this week. We're going to talk about that Thursday at 2. And I get to watch Coach Carter. I've never seen Samuel L. in Coach Carter. That snickering is interesting because last time you snickered about a basketball movie, I saw (laughs) Nuts-O! And above the
2: rim. So I'm looking
1: forward to seeing where Coach Carter goes.
2: Just thinking of... Mr. Jackson, the only thing that doesn't happen, which spoiler alert, but not really, he doesn't say the mf. I was just about to ask it. Yeah, no, MF-O? Don't, you don't get that. Which okay. as a coach, does he swear? Yeah, it's okay. PG thirteen. Oh, which God. you know me, like, yeah. come on, like, it, it's about kids, so they try to uh, I see. Okay. be heartfelt and stuff. But if it was rated R man, that movie would have
1: won awards. Yes, that's what we need. R-rated Change guys' lives. More R-rated basketball movies. Yeah. That's what we need. So that's coming uh, a little later in the week. Joe Cook coming up at 105 to talk Longhorns. Remember, Texas and Stanford tonight at 7, uh, 645 pregame, right here on the Horn. All right, let's get into the crap bag here and start talking goats.
2: Chad's Crap Bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just...
0: Think of a bag of crap.
1: Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. My personal opinion, I think there's two major sports where the GOAT is not a discussion. Pro hockey and pro basketball. I think it's a Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan world, and then we just move on. In other sports, I think there's a GOAT discussion to be had, just like these two worlds. So Amanda Nunez won and won easily on Saturday night. Uh, I give the opponent a little credit because she took that fight on 10 days' notice. She agreed to fight Amanda Nunez on a week and a half notice. God love her. Amanda dominated the fight and then retired Amanda is done. 35 years old. Her wife is pregnant with their second child, and she's done it all. She's dominated everybody. In my mind, she is the goat. She's the goat of female fighters. But I'm sure there's a discussion to have if you're going to bring boxers in. If you're going to have, you know, at one point, we might have thought it was Ronda, but she beat Ronda. And we may have thought it was Cyborg, but she beat Cyborg. I'm going to go with Nunez. Uh, I hope retirement treats her well. She's a badass. Zay, she defended one of those belts six times, the other one twice, laid them both down in the cage, took the gloves off and said, I'm done, and nobody could touch her. Wow. She's just awesome.
2: Yeah, very impressive career, and – Shout out to the old girl that faced her, like a week and a half. Like where did, I know they're training all the time, but right. like there has to be some type of scouting report or mental, you know. Sure. Just being into the fight that you have to go through. So I guess she got paid to lose, but still, that's that says a lot. To the fight other- somebody that you're considering the go one and a half week's notice. That's a little wild.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll see. Now they got the 135 and 145 divisions on the women's side in UFC that will just completely open up with Amanda Nunez gone as she's been ruling both of those belts. The other GOAT candidate we saw this weekend was Novak Djokovic in tennis. Novak, for the first time in his career now, leads all men in Grand Slam championships. That had not been the case. Federer was ahead of him. And then Nadal passed Federer and then passed and, and was still ahead of him, but now he's got 23, and that's more than Nadal. He's got the same number of majors that Serena has. That's crazy. He's won from Margaret Court at 24, which is crazy. He's also, Zay, the only man to win each of the majors three times. Think of that. The only man ever to win three, the three majors, or sorry, me, the four majors at least three times each. Ten Australians, three French, seven Wimbledons, two, uh, excuse me, and three U.S. Opens. Uh, By the way, on the women's side, Court's done that, Serena's done that, and Steffi Graf is the only man or woman ever to win each Grand Slam four times or more.
2: Yo, he's ridiculous, man. It don't matter if it's grass, clay, cement, concrete, He's nice wherever.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, Zay, I, it also reminds me, I never thought I'd see a man get anywhere close to the top of the female list because of just kind of the numbers that are out there. Serena again at 23, tied with him now, and then courts has got 24. I, I, in, in this day and age, I'm still amazed that two bits of sports sexism are still allowed and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about women in tennis. Nobody talks about softball. I'm confused. I've been confused for years. Even if you believe baseball and softball are somehow fair to each gender, why, did the soft, why does softball play seven innings and baseball plays nine? Yeah. That's sexist. In tennis, Novak winning this many majors is more impressive because it's harder to do. He has to win three out of five. He has to win 21 more sets each major. Excuse me, seven each major. He has to win 7 additional sets. He has to win 21 total. They only have to win 14. You are being sexist in some way here. You're saying they can't handle 3 out of 5. That's what you're saying. Serena winning 23 is easier to do than Novak winning 23, just by definition, and nobody ever talks about it like it's a big deal. I have no I, I want him to change the other way just so we can get through these matches. Right. I don't want the women to play three out of five. I want the men to play two out of three. Nobody says that. Tennis people, I guess, will tell you it's a big deal. No, it matters that it's three out of five. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. All that matters to me is the game itself. It's the sport itself. But they allow that. They allow the thing in softball. I don't know why. I've never, I've never heard anybody bitch about it. Why, yeah. do you, why? Nobody has a problem with, well, you know, they take, the college, uh, they take college women And they put them on a field that's basically little league size for boys. (laughs) And that's not even a joke. It's true. Yeah. And we allow that. And then they go to Oklahoma City and they do the whole thing. Oh, seven innings. Y'all good with seven? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. That's cool, I guess. But congrats to Joker. That is the Joker right now. Tonight, there's another Joker trying to make his name, both from Serbia. And uh, but man, twenty three Grand Slam titles. They had a jacket already made for him. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, for real? He walked off the court, changed like a shirt, Hall of Fame jacket. Brought a, no, it wasn't Hall of Fame, but it's like his Lacoste makes all his oh, clothes. Oh, okay. They, they brought it. He put a special jacket on with a twenty three on the on the breast. And oh, I'm that's like, fire! Damn, that's fire! Joker. Now he's a badass. You can make the argument. I think for about there's about five guys you can make the argument for. And he may have the most impressive resume because his numbers against Federer and Nadal are stupid. Right? It's dumb. He's never beaten Nadal at the French Open, but he beat Federer at Wimbledon. Mm. Beat Federer in his house, and took and he's taken Nadal out in multiple majors. Not not the French, but he's beaten him other places. Yeah. And he's got three French
2: Opens. Federer's just got one. I mean, it's just his resume is. Silly, yeah. The dude's crazy, great career, and he's still going. No, you know he what is saying? like it's not like he's gonna stop, but he's still going, and who knows, he'll just have records out of records. Well, I will say about your softball comment be patient because they're gonna get the attention, the attention they deserve when the 30 for 30 comes out on Oklahoma softball and how they did PEDs right. for yeah. the last five years because <laughs> they're winning in a ridiculous amount. So, they'll get that attention. Softball will get that attention Uh, from everybody when that that 30 for 30 comes out. I can't wait. I'm waiting, but I I can't wait. That's for sure. Did you know that
1: softball has a fence maximum? Did you know that? No. That's a fact. Nobody cares, but it's it's true. It's true. Weirdly sexist. A fence (laughs) maximum. Everybody's all right with that. Okay, sure. Uh, Congrats to Joker, 23 majors. Also, real quick, from Crapbag Land, it's official for you NFL freaks who love your throwback uniforms. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will wear the creamsicles October 15th. Shout out to all the greats from Doug Williams to Jimmy Giles to Ricky Bell to Hardy Nickerson and everybody who wore those beautiful unis. Unfortunately, they screwed it up to where Tom Brady couldn't wear them. But we will get to see the creamsicles this October. Zay, I can't wait.
2: Good marketing move. Like you don't want to, you want to do it when you know you're going to have a bad season, <laughs> so you could kind of have something to look forward to, and have something to be excited about. Ooh. So when Baker Mayfield's your quarterback, or I don't know him and Trask are battling oh it out, Baker in the bright orange. Yeah, he's going
1: to lose his mind being a a Sooner fan.
2: We're, nah, in any, we're
1: in any shade of orange will
2: freak him out. He just has to worry about if he's starting that day.
1: Or that's not. true. That's, that's a, a good point. That's
2: a lot of games in between week one and October, whatever the hell they're playing. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I get it. I get it. Good marketing move, Tampa Bay. I just
1: have one qualification as a Bucks fan for a long, long time. Zay, they are playing Detroit that day. If y'all can just make sure Barry Sanders is not within ten miles of that stadium, I'd appreciate it. Because I'm so sick and tired of watching those highlights of Barry <laughs> effing up those dudes in the, in the creamsicles. Oh, my God. That's, that's half of his highlights, I think. All right, coming up, Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. Longhorns one win away from Omaha. Joe will give us the breakdown on the first two games and what he expects tonight next on The Horn.